What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode nine of the Deep Ball Diamond Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Chris Brox. Brox, how are we doing today? Um, we're doing okay. We'll see what, how I feel in the 24 hours when I see two Mets games in one day. We'll see how that affects my mental health, so we'll see. Listen, two Mets games in one day and sprinkled right in between that is your Islanders game seven against Tampa Lightning. Listen, we don't talk hockey. We still watch it a little bit, though, so uh, it's going to be a stressful one. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm joined, but we're joined by another guest today, a guy who's a co-host with me on the Deep Ball uh, Gridiron Edition. Court, how we doing, bud? Doing pretty good. Uh, excited to talk some uh, talk some baseball today, you know, ready to switch it up a little and, and uh, get on the Diamond Edition. Yeah, listen, you've been on here once before. Last time the fans heard you, uh, you were, we were drafting wide receivers. I think you kind of did win the wide receiver poll. I know now I'm kind of foreshadowing what we're going to talk about a little bit on our uh, football episodes, which should be up on the in a couple of days, probably be up on Monday. We'll be drafting a different position. But enough of that. Let's focus on baseball because it's been a pretty eventful week. Uh, we were originally going to kind of give our all-star predictions, but instead we're going to react to the all-star teams when those come out because all-star voting just finished today. And then they kind of have like this another segment of breakdown. Like today uh, was the deadline. So now it's going to go into a top three, uh, like for each position. And then that'll be further selected from there. But uh, instead of voting all-star teams, we're going to talk about some big news that's coming up. And I mean, we've been talking about it teams like Brock's for the past three episodes about, oh, foreign substance, this breakdown on this. Oh, they're doing this. But we finally got something in place. We finally got action going with these foreign substance checks after every time on the mound. Uh, not surprised so far. Everyone has passed. But, I mean, it's a crazy optic for the MLB what's going on. I kind of feel like, listen, you could say that any publicity is good publicity. But I, I think it's great that the players are kind of um, making a joke out of this a little bit. No, yeah. Um, honestly, at first, you know, I was, like, skeptical of what the MLB was going to do about this. But I – as much as it like it sucks to see like a pitcher walk off the mound, they get checked, have to take off his belt, take his hat off, look at his glove. Um, I kind of like it that they're actually enforcing it. The umpires, you know, uh, I'm not saying every at least every starting pitcher I've seen it happen to, and then um a few relievers too. So I like seeing the umpires like you know enforcing the rules. Um, good thing though is that um I mean I guess that's a good thing that there's been no um evidence of cheating from any pitcher so it's all been clean but it's been pretty interesting to see uh a few pitchers having to strip down in the middle of the field those uh some some funny uh some funny sights at the field you see you see guys undoing their belt and especially like the way that they cut like right to commercial like as they're doing it so you have no idea what's coming next i think it's pretty crazy but yeah you mentioned like the relievers too they're coming off the field they kind of do like the spot checks too. So it's not like if you're a starter, they don't do it exactly after every inning. I know Garrett Cole didn't get checked after the first inning yesterday. And it's almost like, Oh, why are we not checking Garrett Cole? He's been the forefront of this. But yeah, like you kind of said too, um, with the, with the MLB, do I necessarily agree with all the stuff that they put in place? Not really. I think the fact that you can't combine sunscreen and rosin, uh, sunscreen and rosin and pine tar is crazy. Uh, could it have led to Tyler glass? Now injury may, may very well could have, but, at least they made a policy that will take hopefully foreign substances out of baseball for the foreseeable future, at least this year, I'm sure. And then in the off season, they'll kind of revise this, but yeah, I do think it's pretty funny. I mean, I'm trying to think of like, I know like Sergio Romo gave you, gave us a good one yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Max Scherzer, I think was the best one. Corey, you, Corey, you see any of these things? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, we've seen some different reactions. I mean, guys like Sergio Romo, I mean, Max Scherzer, the guy, 
that guy looked like he wanted to uh, wanted to wanted to take Joe Girardi in a fight, and I think Max Scherzer would probably be like minus five hundred. But yeah, then there's guys like Degrom who just take it like like they don't really care. I mean, Degrom's just like I'm so good, I'm not cheating. You could check what you want. I think he he said like he was all right with them uh, them checking him. So yeah, I mean, I guess it's just today's MLB. The hitters are just I think the average. What's the uh you know like the League average, and I think it's like two thirty something. I don't know. I know like the hitters. Yeah, it's are, it's in like the it's in the low twos. <clears throat> I can tell you that much. Yeah, nah, it's like really, it's like a down year. And I mean, pitchers, you got guys. No disrespect. I mean, the Mets, the Mets scoop up Tyjon Walker, and this guy casually, this has an ERA of like what, like two point two or something, like two point four. Yeah, I mean, yep. these guys just these guys. The pitchers are just dominating the game right now. So I mean. I don't, I don't mind it that the umpires, coaches, I mean, managers trying to, uh, like, doing the foreign substance check, but I, I don't know what the problem is with, with that. But Corey, let me add, let me add this. Since yeah. they implemented the rule, the Mets have been shut out, I think, three or four times. Since they kind of gave pitchers less of an advantage, the Mets have managed to get shut out at least three times. <laughs> I just want to put that in perspective. So the Mets are doing the opposite of cheating, and they're getting worse. I mean, what they didn't score a run in a seven inning game, and then that nine inning game. They, what, and the what, next day, then against the Nationals twice. Not yet. They the offense been struggling all year, but yeah, since then I know they went like at least I don't know like sixteen innings straight. I think with that run or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. With the Mets, Mets offense been pretty down all year, but yeah, nah. The substances. I mean, everyone come back clean right now, so. I'm not sure when. I'm curious to see when someone's gonna get caught and what's gonna happen. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I think it's gonna it's gonna happen. I I don't think there's any doubt about it. I just think it's a point of when. Um. I wasn't expecting it to happen this week. Um. But again, umpire like these umpires too. Like they're just like feeling around the pitcher's glove, and I guess like they're feeling the pitcher's hand and stuff. Like. The, their belt, they're looking for stuff. Their hat, they're looking for stuff. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot, like, like there's a lot of for interpretation of what qualifies as really like too sticky, let's say, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a chance that like a guy could be um like not using something and maybe he does get caught or something. But like, because just an umpire thought it was sticky. You know what I mean? And like, that's not really a call that that can get like reviewed or something. I guess the other umpires could look at it. But if the overwhelming thing is like. You know what I mean? Like, and the guy, poor guy gets suspended 10 games. Now, do I, I think 10 games is a good suspension. I think that's um, a long enough suspension, really probably two starts, if you think about it, that um, could, uh, like, uh, like, deter people away from doing it. They are paying the people while they're suspended, which, again, I, I don't know. Like, I, I could care less, honestly. I don't think that's a great optic of paying a guy who's cheating. I was not able to play because he's cheating, but whatever. Uh, but... I did also mention kind of a thing that with Tyler Glass now, because this was, I believe, last Monday now, that Tyler Glass now, he said he stopped using foreign substances. And then in his second start after that, he hurts his UC, that partially tears his UCL. And he kind of alluded to the fact that, look, it's probably because these foreign substances, like without them, they make me grip the ball so much tighter. And I'm curious, I guess we'll start with, uh, we'll, we'll go with Brock's first. Like, do you think that, like, potentially the absence of foreign substance on pitchers could be, um, detrimental to their health uh you know like this is such a tough subject like i'm i'd never pitch in the majors i mean i guess high school baseball is the high throw pitch but like 
I don't know how much it could affect, like a grip could affect like your arm. Like I know like sometimes like it's cold or if it's too hot, like you're too sweaty or you can't grip because it's cold out. But I don't, I, I can't, I, I don't want to answer that because maybe we'll see, like, you know what, we'll see in a few weeks. If we see a lot of like arm issues from pitchers, then yeah. But right now I don't want to say anything about glass now. I don't really know. I, I don't have a good opinion on it right now. Um, but I feel like we'll know within the next few weeks if there's a lot more arm injuries um, with pitchers that have had like prior accus like accusations um, against them for uh, using foreign substances. Yeah, listen, I'm with you. Um, I'm a statistics guy, you know. What I mean, statistics major here, so obviously, like the one Tyler Glass now injury, it's not a big enough sample size to make a conclusion. Come on, now, like you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so I think you got to wait a little bit, kind of see more of these pitchers and yeah if maybe a couple more guys go down then possibly it's because they have to grip the ball so much tighter to get a better grip but i thought that was interesting how glass now is like saying like yeah now that i'm not using these substances i have to um i have to modify how i'm pitching from start to start and for a guy who's probably been pitching that same way with these like a couple years now at least you know i mean obviously you fine tune certain things but i mean he started to get into a real good rhythm uh and then he makes him change it up in the middle of the year i don't know necessarily if that's completely fair to pitchers i know you could be like well they were cheating if you just didn't cheat then you wouldn't have to deal with this problem but i mean these guys are creatures of habit and i mean i again foreign substances are illegal but i don't think anybody would really consider pine tar a pitcher using pine tar and rosin uh completely illegal but unfortunately guys like michael pineda had to pay a pretty hefty price when they did that but uh Leads me into another thing. Corey, I guess we'll go to you here because you kind of mentioned Max Scherzer. And, I mean, Joe Girardi kind of gets in Scherzer's head, if you ask me a little bit, by asking him to check Scherzer the third time. I'm curious, like, do you, like how much of an advantage do you think kind of it is it for managers that they could just almost have, like, these pitchers checked at any time? And, like, why, like do you think that there should be a consequence if a manager goes to an umpire and is like, yeah, can you check for substances, and the pitcher doesn't have anything on him? I wouldn't say there should be a consequence. I, I just I think. Wait, you're saying they could check more than one time a game? Yeah, the umpire. If if the manager suspects of something, the umpire can check him in the middle of the inning. Like one of the times, Scherzer yeah. got checked twice walking off the field, and then he got checked once in the middle of an inning. Yeah, now nah, that's that's kind of bush league in my opinion. I think you should only get about one check. I mean, I know they could like do it in between innings, but. I don't know. I, I just think that's kind of it, – it's not really right to the pitcher. I, I think most guys right now are, are just not really – they're not really using it as much. Like, people are knowing, like, they're going to get cracked down. Like, guys getting checked almost every game. So, yeah, I think – I wouldn't say there should be a consequence for the manager because, like, what what's the consequence going to be? Like, throw them out of the game? Like, can't, I don't know. They don't deserve to be thrown out of the game. I just I, – I think it should be, like, one check a game and – I don't know. I don't really know how to to solve that. I don't think Rob Manfred's gonna, gonna do anything either. I think he's just gonna leave it how it is. I mean, there's. I don't know how to fix that. I I think honestly though, it, it it's not right that pitchers have to get checked. But I think I guess in a, in an era right now where pitchers are dominating and foreign substance is like occurring, I I guess they're gonna. I think this is how. It's going to have to be left for for the time being until someone gets caught, or at least. Yeah, listen, I think it takes, um, like, you're you're in the moment and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You start stalling kind of Scherzer, they got to go out and stuff. I don't think it's a great, like, feeling for the pitcher at all. Kind of has them lose focus. But I agree with you. I don't think 
there's something that unfortunately is kind of an unintended unintended consequence. I don't really think that it can be fixed, uh, at least for the time being. Maybe they could put a maximum of like one like one manager check per pitcher or something like that. But um, until then, yeah, I think it's just like the pitchers that get checked multiple times and don't like it. You almost have to be like, well, that's because these other pitchers had to use stuff like spider attack. Brox, you agreeing with us on this? Yeah. I think it, it's like it's everything's so new right now that like it's just trial and error and I guess like the Joe Girardi incident like kind of like started off on the wrong foot kind of that like the balls in the manager's court like besides like the umpires doing like a I guess like a once a game check on each pitcher but I think it's like trial and error and see how it goes because I don't I'm not gonna lie it could be tough every game seeing a pitcher get checked like it's kind of annoying like it, not saying it holds up the game, but like if you know, if like something's a little suspicious, and I guess it holds up the game for like a little bit, like it's kind of annoying. It happens every single game, so I guess we'll see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully, it gets better. I'm anticipating it will get better because, but listen, this is new, so I'll give the umpires a little bit of credit in that. Uh, but at least good for the pitcher so far, like we said. Uh, nobody's um, gotten suspended yet. Uh, one final thing I just wanted to touch on too, uh, like Joe Musgrove yesterday was hitting. Against Trevor Bauer, yeah, this was this is gonna be two days ago now. Yeah. This is Wednesday night that he was hitting, and the bat comes like flying out of his hands because Joe Musgrove doesn't use batting gloves or anything. Trevor Trevor uh, Bauer's uh, messing with him. He's like, yeah, do you want some rosin for your hands or stuff? Because Joe Musgrove, he put pine tar on his hands, and then he literally had to go like wash his hands. The umpire had to check him again um, before he goes back to the mound to make sure that has pine tar on his hands, which I think is pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, it's just the world that we live in, I guess. And uh, I thought that was pretty funny by Bauer kind of being like, well, pitchers are allowed to use uh, rosin and um, like white, like hitters, you know what I mean? Like you should just be able to use the rosin bag. I thought that was kind of funny. T- taking a shot a little bit at Manfred there. But uh, uh, one final thing we'll end off with substances too. Uh, there's probably no worse feeling for a pitcher walking off the mound after they just got shelled and then the umpire has to go check them. Uh, we agree. Like, imagine giving up five runs and then you walk off the mound and you, the pit, the umpire's like, "All right, let me let me feel your let me feel your what you want." Your I'll be like, I wish, <laughs> I wish I was using stuff. <laughs> really, you're like, come on now, Blue. Like, give me some of that stuff because I need it. My fastball's <laughs> hit all around tonight. My fastball's getting hit oh. out of the park. But uh, listen, foreign substances. This isn't the first time we've talked about them, and I'm sure this is going to be the last time because somebody's going to get suspended and. Of course, we'll be we'll be back to cover it. But yeah, it seems like it's crazy. I mean, we got to talk about the biggest issue in sports in the sport, and it just seems like it's just this recurring theme. Twenty twenty one will definitely be the season of the foreign substance. But uh, let's move on. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, we also talked about this guy a little bit uh, when Willie Adamas got traded to the Brewers. We said, "Is it time for Wander Franco?" It was not yet. The Rays waited a little bit. They um got their extra year of uh control with him where they avoided the extra year of arbitration with him something something with the stupid logistics of how these con- his contract was like set up or whatever wander wander franco finally called up the kids 20 years old he's actually younger than me which is crazy first first guy born in 2001 to reach the major leagues and what is he doing his mlb debut he homers man uh when you get a guy who's that talented and uh He's the number one prospect in baseball, and you put him into the race system and with their player development system. I mean, it's just kind of unfair if you ask me. Like guys like Joey Wendell uh, have come out of nowhere. If you ask me, like uh, Brandon Lau, another guy. Like these guys just absolutely race. I'm thinking lefties just specifically, but 
any of these guys in the race. Right. They just absolutely exactly. rake uh, right-handed pitching specifically. I know uh, Brassau's another guy who just rakes like, left-handed pitching. Like The Braves have a lot of these guys who are platoon guys. So with Wander Franco being a switch hitter, man, and like I said, their player development system, whatever they're doing, developing those guys yeah. is right. And uh, I think this guy Franco has a chance to be real special for a long time. I'm not going to lie. When I heard him being called up, I was like, oh, like, you know, I was hyped to finally see the Braves call him up. But, like, I was not expecting him to home run his first game. Like, usually, like, these, like, number one prospects, they come up, you know, it takes a few games. And this guy just, I think it was his second at bat. He already had, a, like, a base hit in his first at bat. Second at bat, this guy had to nuke the tie of the game. And Tropicana Field was rocking. Because, of course, a lot of fans had to go see their top prospect come up. Oh, this guy's going to be electric, man. So excited to watch him. Yeah, I mean, Wander Franco... Uh, only 20 years old. I mean, yeah, hits a home run from the right side of the plate. Obviously, switch hitter, um, shortstop taking over for William Adams. Now, yeah, when he goes yard, like you said, chop kind of going wild. I'd love to see his dad in the uh in in the stadium, and his dad was going nuts too. I I love to see that, and yeah, Wander Franco. I mean, I think he's gonna be the next big thing, and I know you're gonna get into it, Pay. I mean. You want to get into uh, is he is he the future of the of the AL East? And I mean, the AL East got a lot of a lot of young good players. I mean, you got obviously this guy, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero. I mean, Cedric Mullins on the Orioles. I mean, even Ryan Mountcastle, even Glaber Torres on the Yankees. You got guys on the on the Red Sox, Devers. Uh, yeah, I mean, the AL East got got a lot of the future's pretty bright for, for the AL East, in my opinion. Yeah, these lesser-known guys. I mean, if if we're going complete at least too, obviously you could throw in Judge, you could throw in Bogart. But I know, I know you, I know what your point was. You were trying to give these young guys, but uh, I mean, I don't even think you know. I mean, these guys are you can't even like just like say that they're just young stars. They're just stars in general. You know what I mean? But um, Wander Franco, I think can be in that category. I think it might be a shame that he's on the small market team like Tampa Bay because it might like hinder his uh like marketability. But you mentioned. I think he'll be in the AL East for years to come, battling with Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. specifically, uh, Glaber Torres as well. But yeah, one thing too about the AL East, I think Bo Bichette is one of the most criminally underrated players in baseball. Like the fact that Bo Bichette doesn't get marketed, like I'll even say like like, like Acuna or like um, Fernando Tatis, even Juan Soto. I know Juan Soto doesn't get like as much attention as the other guys, but um. Bo Bichette just flat out rakes. He's unbelievable. He was a little overshadowed by Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, even when Guerrero Jr. was struggling. Now, obviously, Guerrero should be in the forefront. He's having the better year. But all this guy Bo Bichette does is produce. Like he's unbelievable. I think he's a fu- he's gonna be a future. Could be a future MVP. Like I'm pretty high on the guy. And I mean, some of the best hair in the league. There's just no doubt about it. Flo Bichette is uh, what they call him. Uh, but. More back to Wander Franco, too. Do you think Wander Franco and his presence could propel the race potentially and take that next step? Obviously, they lost the past year in the World Series. I'm not going to say they were like a surprise team to make the World Series, but I think people could say that they were a significant notch below the Dodgers in that sense. Um, Tyler Glass now is out, so the Rays definitely need somebody to step up and potentially lead them even to the playoffs this year. I know now I'm kind of like contradicting myself I'm like are they a playoff team or a world series team but do you think Wanda Franco can at least bring this team to the playoffs so we'll go with you Brock um you just said it right there I don't think he's um their issue it's to be pitching again um like obviously you know like 
they score a lot of runs every game won't matter. But um, I think they got to if, if, if they know what's happening in glass now, it's probably out for the year. I think he got to like, get like, another arm man. They could be a sneaky team to get like Max Scherzer, even though he, he's a big contract. I think it's his last year, though. They can mm-hmm. like snag a, um, a starter for the deadline. That'll probably help him more than Franco at this point. Because their their pitching's decent, but I feel like just adding one more guy to the rotation to not replace um, Glass now, but at least be, at, be some added help will be like their biggest thing. Core, what about you? Now, yeah, I actually I agree. I mean, the Rays usually I think of as the other way around, but I mean now I I know I'm not sure how they're doing offensively, but I think right now they're I know they lost obviously Blake Snell. And uh, Charlie Morton from from last year's World Series team, and obviously now you lose Glasnow. Those probably were your three best pitchers last year, and honestly, I can't really name their whole starting five. Like I, I know I, mm-hmm. I trust like the Rays. Obviously, they they they're like a masters them, and almost like the Oakland A's. Both teams like they just got a lot of like guys low low payroll type teams who just are good teams with kind of no-name guys. So I think their problem – and I'm I'm sure their pitching will be fine, but, like, if there's a side where I'm going to concern where they're not going to make the playoffs, I think it is their pitching. I think Wander Franco definitely gives them a spark to that offense and to that team in general. I mean, baseball is not an easy sport where one guy could just make you skyrocket like, like, a bas- like basketball. But, yeah, I think Wander Franco definitely gives them a boost for uh with the bats but yeah i think this team right now i think pitching is more of the more of the concern for them yeah listen tampa bay uh they're in first place right now they're barely holding on and i'm kind of in agreement with both of you guys i know like their offense like none of their guys like really stick out too much but their offense is very like platoon driven like they have completely different lineups against righties against lefties so you'll have your guy like Yandy Diaz who will play against lefties and he'll hit pretty well against lefties. His average might not be great on the year because he's not going to hit really righties that well, but he'll play against his lefties and he'll rake them. And then G-Man Choi will be your four hitter against righties and stuff. So their numbers, I think, offensively are a little deceiving. Uh, I know Randy Rosarino, I know he was all, me and Brox's pick to um, win AL, MV, uh, AL Rookie of the Year this year. Excuse me. He hasn't, he hasn't had a great year this year. I know uh, Zunino's had a good year for their offense, uh, Meadows as well. But, uh, yeah, they're pitching – uh, it's pretty shallow there starting pitching. Uh, Ryan Yarborough, sometimes he starts, sometimes he's used as uh, like the bulk man or what they call it in the opener. He's been all right this year. Rich Hill, too, has been a good revelation project for him. But, yeah, I mean, if there's no glass now, they definitely, I think, need to bring in another starter or they need their bullpen to get healthy because their bullpen's a mess. I know Nick Anderson hasn't pitched all year. Uh, Diego Castillo's been banged up. At one point, they had, like, like all those guys. Fairbanks was hurt at some point this year. He's been, like, Hasn't been what he was in the playoffs that last year. I think the only guy that really hasn't been hurt is like uh, Ryan Thompson. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, they have another they have a couple of young lefties. And again, this is Tampa Bay, so they'll find what they'll find these guys that have absolutely like nowhere in their minor league system, and then they'll just come up around 99 with a killer slider. So I wouldn't be too worried about their pitching in that sense, but I definitely think they at least like their middle like their relief pitching. But I definitely think they need like a starter because if there's no glass, now, I don't know who's starting game one. So maybe you have to go get that guy. Maybe Scherzer, guys, who's on a uh, like a uh, expiring contract, would be an interesting ad. And uh, they definitely have the uh, prospect capital to get him. They got a great system down in Tampa Bay. But uh, we'll move on to probably the hottest hitter in baseball right now, 
I don't even think that's up for a debate. Kyle Schwarber, <laughs> I mean, the Washington Nationals have started to heat up a little bit. I believe they're in, what, second place now, Brox? Yeah, three and a half behind the Mets. Yeah, three and, and it, listen, it's in large part due to Kyle Schwarber. I mean, they moved this guy to the leadoff spot in the order. Uh, he's unofficially, but officially, uh, because I, listen, I, don't, I don't know for sure, but he's got to be the heaviest leadoff hitter in baseball, right? But the guy, the guy's hitting 11 home runs in that leadoff spot. He's playing left field a little bit for the Nationals. And, uh, yeah, what is he at? He's got 12 home runs so far in June, and I know he was absolutely killing the Mets. He had, like, five home runs in two of the, in two games against them. And, uh, yeah, listen, Kyle Schwarber's always been a guy that's had so much raw power. Uh, didn't really come together for him completely in Chicago. Kind of got squeezed out a little bit, overshadowed by a lot of the other younger stars. Didn't help that he really – he got hurt in, like, that beginning of 2016 – towards ACL so he wasn't really able to catch anymore and then his defense isn't great but I mean if if you're gonna hit like this you're gonna find a spot in the lineup then it looks like the Nationals like I said they signed him for a one-year contract uh definitely found a uh, a really good deal on Schwarber especially if he could like even come close to what he's doing in June in the next coming months in July and August no I thought that was a great deal when they signed him you know like Schwarber is a, a good hitter man so that was a great deal for the Nats, and it's obviously paying dividends. I did not expect him to be Babe Ruth um, within the past few weeks, but after watching him hit five home runs against the Mets in two games, it was pretty evident this guy's on fire. And it's pretty weird, like, as being a leadoff hitter, too. Like, who like would have thought, like, that would – you know, like, people get sparked, like, you know, move up from, like, six to three or two. But, like, a leadoff hitter is, like, a different job. It's not like a home run hitter's job. So, um, it's an odd – it's an odd outcome, but I guess if you're a Nationals fan, you'll take that any day of the week. I mean, not yet. Kyle Schwarber always been a talented guy coming out of the, the Cubs farm system. And yeah, I mean, this guy when he when he hits a hold when he gets a hold of the ball, like nice lefty swing, I mean, he, he's one of the most fun guys to watch in the uh in the league when he hit when he hits some deep 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 balls. And yeah, when you move him I think the Nats putting him at the the leadoff spot. I mean, they're they're kind of wouldn't say they're changing the game, but I mean they're they're going different than uh, the normal normal leadoff. I know in the past they've had like Trey Turner at like leadoff a guy just trying to get on base. Now they got big boy Swarber coming up to the plate, and the and the goal is just hey get it get us started, go hit a home run, uh, which I kind of like. I mean, if you can get runs, you can get runs at the top. I mean, I I like that, and I think Swarber. Obviously, I think he has 21 home runs right now. I mean, let's. I, I'm curious to see how far he can keep this up. And I mean, the Nationals. I mean, that division has really been very mediocre. I mean, those top four teams were all supposed to be like, like pretty solid teams, and it's just been a mediocre division. So I mean, with Mishorba heating up and the Nats heating up, only three and a half games behind. I think. Uh, they might be ready for a potential potential run in, in the NL East. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Kyle Schwarber has sparked something in Washington. I know they've had a couple injuries this year. Soto hasn't really been fully healthy, and uh, they can't get Strasburg right either. He's been uh, hasn't really thrown a bunch. But yeah, listen, some people just react to change in different ways, and putting Schwarber in the top of the order kind of reminds me a little bit when the Cubs were putting Rizzo in the leadoff spot. Listen. You know what I mean? Some pitchers just want to get those put-me-over fastballs early in the game to get comfortable. Not with Schwarber. And, I mean, it also helps when you're getting protected by Trey Turner, who's having one of the best years of his career. Saying like 315 will be an all-star for sure. I mean, he's a, he's another guy who's kind of criminally underrated, Trey Turner. Unless you're the Nationals' Twitter. Uh, I remember, like, the other day they were like, 
gassing him, how he's like the best shortstop in the NL East, and then Francisco Lindor hits two home runs against them. Uh, but point B, he's st- still unbelievable. I mean, Trey Turner's hitting second, Juan Soto's hitting third. So, I mean, not an easy job for pitchers knowing those two guys are coming up next. So you're going to give Schwarber pitches to hit, and Schwarber's making pitchers pay. Listen, a guy who I always wanted the Yankees to sign, because if you put Kyle Schwarber in Yankee Stadium, I wouldn't even, like, I I couldn't imagine what he would do with that short porch. I mean, it would be unbelievable. And especially with the Yankees needing a left-handed bat, it would, you almost thinking sometimes you're like, hey, like maybe they could make a play on Schwarber. I don't know where they would put him defensively, but it kind of throws me into this conversation too. I know the Nats are only three and a half back, but do you think they could use the Schwarber momentum to potentially make a playoff push and like push more towards the division? Or do you think that the Nats might cool off a little bit, Schwarber even might cool off a little bit, and he could be a potential trade chip? I think in a division right now, when you're only three and a half games out and what they did two years ago where they got off to like a 19 and 31 start. I know they had Anthony Rendon who, who had an MVP type season, but I mean, the Nats still, obviously they're not as good as they were then, but they, they got off to a rough start. Then they got off to a rough start this year and they're already at 500 right now. I think you're three and a half games out. I think you ride this out. I think you try to try to make a run. I'd like, I mean, I'm a Mets fan. I don't want to see the Nats do it, but like if I'm in the Nats front office, like I'm trying to, I'm not trading college Schwarber right now. And if anything, I'm trying to make moves at the deadline to bolster my team to win the NL East. Cause I mean, you look at that division. I mean, you don't have the Dodgers. You don't have the Padres. Like you don't have a top team. Like the Mets, obviously I'm a Mets fan, but you like the Mets aren't, Mets aren't top team right now. Like you, you could easily make a run in that division. So I think the position that they're in, and then you get in the playoffs, you have Max Scherzer who has experience. I mean, anything could happen there. So I think in that division, you got to make a run for it and you got to keep Kyle Schwarber and keep this, keep this train running. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Even though I muted myself, uh, right now you got to ride it in that division. Anything can happen. Who knows? The freaking Marlins come out of nowhere and they could make a run for first place. So I think, They'll ride um, Schwarber unless, you know, he can still be on fire. They can cool down themselves and he'll be, he'll probably get something decent back in return considering he's only on a one-year deal though. But I think you you ride him out for as long as you can. Yeah. Listen, it, if it gets to the deadline a year, a couple games back, I think for sure, make a push on Schwarber. Obviously if you go a little cold, then you're, you got to face an uphill battle sometimes that then, they got to look at themselves in the mirror if you ask me, Washington, too. And they got to be like, look, like, is our roster good enough to win a World Series? And if not, if they if they don't think they can bring back Scherzer, too, get dump Scherzer, dump Schwarber and kind of retool. And you know what? Juan Soto's still going to be there. Trey Turner's still going to be there. Obviously, they got Corbin, Strasburg. Hopefully, he's going to be there. Hopefully, he's healthy. And it's like, let's retool for 2022 and let's make a push in that. But uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Schwarber in a little bit when we move into our next subject of uh, – Home run derby announcements, because with the All-Star Game festivities coming up on uh, a couple weeks from now, we've kind of heard guys opt into the home run derby, opt out so far the home run derby. And we'll give you a little input, too, on who we would love to see in a home run derby. Uh, I'll start with the two guys so far who have agreed to be into the home run derby, uh, Shohei Otani and Pete Alonzo. Obviously, Alonzo won the last home run derby in 2019 in Cleveland. And Otani is always must-see television. So Otani in a home run derby will be amazing, and this is going to be in Coors Field, too, so the ball is going to be absolutely flying. Uh, 
I love I love both these two guys being in here. Uh, Brock, you know, obviously big Pete Alonzo guy, but with Otani and Alonzo, I think we're off to a pretty good start in this derby. Yeah, no, you, you can't ask for any anyone better right now, man. The guy who's running the AL on both sides, um, pitching and hitting, twenty three nukes for Otani. Pete, um, I mean, who's hurt, hasn't had a great start to the year, but obviously you saw him in twenty nineteen, had an absolute show in Cleveland. So I hope he, I hope he re- repeats. Maybe like it fixes his swing, because I mean, right now he's not hitting that well. So I mean, they can't really ruin his swing that bad. So, um. It's a good start, definitely. Hopefully, get a few more uh, big names to come in. Yeah, but two two big names who won't be in there. Uh, we'll start with the first guy. I think Corey will be a little upset with another guy who kind of lit it up uh, that year in Cleveland. He didn't end up winning because he ran out of gas. Vlad Guerrero Jr. obviously having an MVP type season right up there in the AL with Otani won't be in the home run derby. Core, are you a little upset right now? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I I mean Vlad Jr. In, in 2019. He lost Pete Alonso in the finals, but I mean, from from the derbies that I've seen, I mean, I know, remember it was like Mad Longo and Josh Hamilton put on that absolute clinic. I think it was at Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium, old Yankee Stadium. Yep, 2008. Yeah, then he then he ran out of gas, but I mean, besides that, I think Vlad Jr. at that 2019 derby, like he was just hitting moonshot after moonshot. Like it was just like it was so fun to watch, and it's kind of kind of sad. That, that he's not in the derby. But, I mean, I mean he's got 24 home runs, 61 RBIs. Guys, absolutely raking. I know people say sometimes, like, the home run derby throws off your swing. So, I don't. I guess I don't blame the guy. But, I mean, I, I, I was hoping Vlad was just a man of the people and would give uh, the fans what they want. But, you know, I can't can't fault the guy. He, he, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And, he, and he's raking. So, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there, yeah. Yeah, listen, I agree exactly what the last part you say. You're having an MVP type season. Um, you deserve to opt out of a home run derby. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't change that or something. Uh, I know he's in a lot, he's in a lot better shape than he was in 2019. His swing is so violent to that he probably exerts so much energy on every swing. I mean, all these guys obviously do, but yeah, Vlad. It's gonna be upsetting, obviously, not to see him, but he's got bigger things on the horizon. You know what I mean? He's trying to win an MVP, uh, lead the Blue Jays to a playoff berth. Aaron Judge, another guy who said he won't be in it. He won the home run derby his rookie year in 2017. Didn't really recover on the second had a bad like second half. And really, I mean, as I couldn't couldn't stay healthy. He's been healthy this year. I'm, and I'm as I'm knocking on wood because I don't want to be responsible for that. But I like that again, Judge. He's he's been pretty good this year. He's on a little bit of a cold streak now, but he's been good with his health. So you know what? Don't don't go into the home run derby. You've already won one. It, yes, it would be fun to watch you hit the ball 500 feet in Coors Field. Same thing with John Carlos Stanton. I'd love to see him try to hit the ball 600 feet in Coors. But you know what? We can't risk health. You have to have a bigger picture uh, vision. So, yeah, those are two guys who won't be in the home run derby. And now I kind of want to hear some input from you guys. I'll start here first, like who we'd like to see. I got a couple names on this list. I won't steal all of them right away. Um, One guy I'd love to see. Uh, I'll go with the hometown guy. Ryan McMahon, a guy who's always had a lot of power from the left side, uh, obviously plays for the Colorado Rockies, 16 home runs on the year, uh, cooled off a little bit, was having a really good April. And yeah, this guy was a big prospect for them, never really found like a position, but this year he's kind of stepped into that second base, third base role a little bit with Arenado out. He could play both positions. But yeah, I'd love to see McMahon uh, put on a show for the, whatchamacallit, for the Colorado faithful. I'm going to go with someone who's having a great year and is – on the trade block, too. I'm going to go with Joey Gallo. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, Gallo's not been in a derby yet. 
and that dude just hits absolute rockets. So it'd be kind of cool to see Gallo on Coors Field hit absolute missiles. Oh, no no doubt. Joey, Joey Gallo, let me tell you something. That guy has some absolute power. That's another guy you mentioned on the trade block. He could potentially be, go to the Yankees. He's a good defender, too, in the outfield. If Joey Gallo got into Yankee Stadium, oh, my goodness, buy the seats in the 400s because he's going to put a ball up there, no doubt about it. Four, <laughs> you're up, buddy. Who, hey, who, who we Fox, like it? not going to lie, Joey Gallo was on the top of my mind, the lefty swing. I wanted to see this guy in the derby, but, I mean, <laughs> I, I have – there's another guy. I mean, I love the lefties, but I, I, I've meant. I remember the last episode I was on. I said this guy, and I just think this guy hits absolute bombs. I mean, I'd like to see. I know he's old. I'd like to see Nelson Cruz honestly in, in the hmm. home run derby. He hasn't been in one, and I don't even know if he's been in one. But I just like he. I think he has in his career. He's had been. I mean, he hits bombs. I don't know. I mean, I, he hasn't been like he has. He hasn't been memorable enough right now for me to think that he's been in one for sure. But I feel I like, like he has. Been, yeah. He had to. He had to have been in one. I'll try to see that. Uh, he won sure. in two thousand nine. Oh, he won it. No, he was in it in two thousand nine. Oh, and they, he, yeah, but listen, Nelson Cruz is a good guy. Good, good call though. I mean, you know, I mean, the guy, the guy's what forty something years old. And he just absolutely raked. Not yet. Nelson Cruz, I think, hits absolute bombs. Like when that guy gets a hole in one, that that ball just fuck it. It just goes. I mean, he's 40 years old, and, yeah, he's still raking out in uh, in Minnesota. So, yeah, that's another guy I'd definitely like to see in, in the Derby. Yeah, listen, you, you guys left me with a couple guys who I love. Obviously, we, we talked all about Kyle Schwarber. I mean, I think we can all agree. Seeing Kyle Schwarber hit some uh, this past week, obviously, he'd always be a guy who, like, even if he was having, like, a down year, like, a, like he was kind of, like, built to win a home run derby, like the type of hitter he is, too. So he'd, he'd be great in a home run derby. Um, Raphael Devers, another guy who's got a sweet swing from the left side. I know I'm choosing all lefties because there's nothing better than a good lefty swing, if you ask me. Uh, another guy who's 18 home runs, like I said, uh, would put on a show. And a guy who only has 11 home runs this year, uh, but he's known in home run derbies. I know he gave Vlad Guerrero Jr. a run for his money in that home run derby in 2019. Jock Peterson uh, of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, he hits leadoff as well for them and gives them power out of that spot. I know. Uh, Really hasn't like lived up to all the expectations, um, but yeah, Jock Peterson's uh, he, he can he can smoke him. You know, Jock Peterson too. He's a five star recruit for football too. I forgot I forgot what school. I think he was gonna go to um, I can't remember. He was like a wide receiver though or whatever. But yeah, Jock Peterson I think would be a real good what's well, real good candidate. Anybody? We got any other candidates or any reactions? I'll, I'll throw one more guy out there. It's super under the radar. Um, I'm gonna go with. Jazz Chisholm. Um, he's not the biggest home run hitter, but this guy is such a nice swing man. I feel like at Coors this year, he can definitely uh he would definitely pop a few out. He doesn't have that many home runs this year and he was hurt, so probably make the all-star team, but he's a bright young star for the Marlins. I feel like he would he would put on a show. He's the type of guy I just want to put on the show. I, mean, I think the biggest problem with Chisholm, sorry, Corda, cut you off, but I think the biggest problem with Chisholm is he tried to bat flip after every single home run he did in a home run derby. Like, he loses time. But if they let Chisholm hit with no hat on, uh, so they just let his hair go, um, I think it'd be a great idea. And again, that, that would be another way to get, like, one of those young, marketable stars on a, like, what you call it, on a nice high stage, because obviously home run derby, ESPN, you know what I mean? A lot of people are watching that. So people maybe on the West Coast, San Diego Padres fans don't know a ton about Jazz Chisholm, and they're like, "Oh, 
this guy on the Marlins, this Chisholm guy, he's, he's kind of fun to watch. You know what I mean? And that's how you grow those stars. So I think you have to get some of these young guys in the home run derby. Core, I'm cut you off. I'm sorry. What would you like to add? Uh, one last guy. I mean, this guy kind of is a bright star. Hit 34 home runs in 2019. I mean, I'd like to see uh, a lefty a lefty in here. I know Otani lefty. But, yeah, Juan Soto, obviously, only eight home runs, been injured. But I think he, he's a young star in this game. I think people would want to see uh, – Juan Soto in the Derby, so I, I mean, I'd like to see Juan Soto in the Derby. I think a uh, guy would win, could win it. I'm not surprised you snuck, you snuck some Juan Soto in here. I know you love him, but yeah, Juan Soto would be a great Derby ad. Uh, one last guy who I don't think will necessarily go in the Derby. I think there's a chance. Uh, Trevor Story, obviously another guy from Colorado, but this kind of would remind me of in 2018 when. Bryce Harper won the home run derby in front of Washington, and then he left in the offseason. It was kind of like his last shining moment in, um, like for the Nationals, if you really think about it, in Nationals Park. Uh, so I think that would be kind of cool with Trevor Story because it doesn't look like he's going to return to Colorado. It doesn't honestly look like he'll make it to the end of the season. He's probably going to get traded uh, at the end of July. So I think that could give kind of Story a good thing to end off his Colorado tenure on and kind of another thing for the fans to remember for him because he's a real good player and uh, – he kind of deserves that uh, big moment on a big stage. But moving on to more of the logistics of the All-Star Game. The All-Star Game jerseys were announced this year. We'll just go over this quick. I mean, because we don't got visuals. If you guys can, just please look up these jerseys. I mean, they are kind of tough. If you Like, tough in a bad way. I know some people are like, oh, wow, that's that's tough, man. Like, in a good – no, these are – please don't confuse tough for being good in this situation. These are bad, bad, bad. I think All-Star Game jerseys are just kind of overrated in a sense. Because they don't even wear – like, when do they wear it? They don't. Like, what? Like in the NBA, I get it. But in the MLB, when they wear their regular team jerseys in the game, like, all-star game jerseys are just, like, all for money and the grab. Like, I get that there have to be it. But, I mean, come on. Can, can we get them right? Yeah, I got bad news for you, buddy. They're wearing it during the game this year. They announced it. No. Yeah. Oh, and just, my just a visual man. put in your head. They look like soccer jerseys. Someone said – I know the Mets are going to play the Red Bulls this year, the New York Red Bulls, MOS <laughs> team. So, yeah, they're wearing it during the game this year, and they're really ugly. It says the team's um initials, abbreviation. Am I like not getting yeah, the right word? City, yeah, the abbreviation. Mm. It says NYM for the Mets and NYY for the Yankees. Oh yeah, it's so terrible. I, I was I was looking at Colorado. My bad. Yeah, right. yeah, it looks terrible. Um. I don't know. Some years they have cool jerseys. This year is just awful. I mean, I guess some 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 years. I mean, you can't can't get the design right. Every every you can't hit it on the on the head every single year. I mean, sometimes you're gonna get some fire jerseys. Sometimes the graphic team they're gonna screw up. And I mean, this year, I get I guess they screwed up. I mean, these jerseys are pretty pretty hideous. Not gonna lie. So, I mean. I don't think people are not going to watch the All-Star game be- because of the jerseys. But, I mean, a guy like uh, Vlad Jr., he might not be looking as clean in, in this jersey. I don't know if he cares. <laughs> yeah, I think the graphic team kind of kind of like screwed up on this one. Hopefully they get it right next year. And, yeah, usually they don't even wear the jerseys. They just wear their own team jerseys. And I think – after having a bad jerseys this year, they might go back to that. So, I mean, I think that that should be the case. 
Honestly, I think it's just been a routine. It's just been a classic. I feel like they just always wear their own jersey. I think that should that should be how it be. That should that is how it should be. But I mean, yeah, these jerseys are pretty ugly. I mean, that's how it should be if we're gonna come out with jerseys like this. And look, I know people were saying too that like like part of the reason could possibly be because the All Star game was supposed to be in Atlanta, right? So like kind of like the ATL, you know what I mean? That's why like they were big on the uh, abbreviation potentially for the teams. And then since they had to switch it over for Colorado, they were like, well, we're just going to kind of like play with the jerseys a little bit. Um, having the logo, the team logo over like the abbreviation is one of the most preposterous things I've ever seen. Like, uh, it's, just, it's just, I'm just looking at it even more. And I just, I'm just mesmerized how uh, this was come to be. But look, I won't be too hard, I guess, on those people anymore. But I do think in a sense that maybe they should wear the jerseys like in the game if they're like I'm not, I don't want to say like suitable but like I think it would be kind of cool if they did wear the jerseys in the game because at least then the all-star game jerseys had some sort of eating like you know what I mean unless like in the way like sometimes like other sports you know what I mean like oh you're like oh I want a pro bowl jersey and stuff like that oh I want like that NBA all-star jersey like that's pretty cool like I know what's one of them like I remember like when the uh all-star game was at the garden a couple years ago right like right like it was in the city, or it, may, it could have been at the bar. It was in New York or whatever. Then, like, the New York City-themed jerseys. Like, I was like, oh, that's a cool jersey, like, those black jerseys. Um, So, yeah, I think it would be cool to have, like, to sell the themed jerseys. But, like, I, I think they're just pointless if they're not going to wear it. At least they're going to wear these jerseys, but I don't know. I just don't think they got it right. But uh, enough about what the jerseys are going to look like. Let's worry about who's actually going to wear the jerseys. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, all-star starters, the voting, the second part of voting opens up on Monday. So if you guys want to fill out your own ballots, you can pick from the three finalists at each position. Uh, those will be announced. The finalists will be announced on um, Saturday for that. So you can take a look at that. But here on the deep ball, we're going to kind of uh, choose a couple underrated guys who we think uh, deserve some all-star recognition. Uh, these guys really haven't had these guys. We, we I think we cut this to what about like no all-star appearances or maybe one all-star game appearance, but definitely somebody who has been overshadowed. So don't, don't come at us and be like, you didn't mention Fernando Tatis as a, um, as an all-star this year. Well, you know what I mean? Like Fernando Tatis gets every coverage. Obviously, we all know he's going to be an all-star, but I'm going to start in the American league. First, I'll start with one of my guys, Adolis Garcia. I think we've mentioned him before. A guy who got off to a real hot start. I personally think will be the rep, uh, representative for the Texas Rangers. I think there's maybe a possibility Kyle Gibson could get the nod, but I think Adolis Garcia should definitely be an all-star. Guys in 272 this year, 20 home runs, 52 RBIs. Uh, he's the front runner right now for American League Rookie of the Year. And uh, yeah, definitely think he deserves an all-star nod. And uh, curious well, who else you guys got? Who else? Who are some sleepers here? We're going to get uh, a nice trip to Colorado. Um, I'll stay in the American League. I'm going to go with the pretty bad team of the Orioles. I go with their center fielder, Cedric Mullins, who's having a breakout year. This guy this year, man, he's batting 311. He's not a power hitter. He has 13 home runs, plays a great center field. Um, I definitely think he should be a starter, honestly, this year. He's been the one bright spot, really, for the Orioles. I mean, besides John Means, but he's been a great player this year. I think he deserves probably a, the center field role for the American League. Yeah, no doubt. Cedric Mullins, I think mean, he's having this, like, power spurt, too. Like, he yep. might have uh, Used to be a switch hitter, now he's only hitting from the left-hand side. I definitely think that was a good decision. Core, we'll go to you. Who do we got over there? Nah, yeah. I mean, this guy's not really – I mean, I wouldn't call him directly under the radar. He's been a top prospect. 
since he since he came up. But I mean, Rafael Devers has never had never made an All Star. The guy has 18 home runs and uh, 60 RBIs, hitting about a 280, I think, somewhere around there. So yeah, I mean, this guy, the the Boston Red Sox, doing really good. Kind of overshadowed sometimes by uh, by Xander Bogarts, but yeah, I think Rafael Devers should make the All Star game this year. I'm not sure. Uh, nah, that third base position, I mean, I'm not thinking off the top of my head. Someone, it's got to be some good third basemen in the AL. I mean, uh, Moncada yeah. will be up there in the all-star ratings. I know he's, um, he's, I, I'm pretty sure he's got a lot of fan votes, but no, I think, I think Devers at third base is a good one. And then, like, listen, he hasn't made an all-star game. I know 2019, he definitely got snubbed and, uh, he could be overlooked sometimes too on that offense. I think Xander Bogart, Xander Bogart, excuse me, uh, JD Martinez, Alex Verdugo's had a big, uh, good year for them too. But yeah, I like Devers core. That's a, that's a nice little pull from you. <laughs> yeah, Devers the the lefty. I, I like the guy. So yeah, I think Devers definitely should uh, should get in here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well deserved. I'm I'm gonna flip it over to nationally. I got two more pitchers over here. I couldn't choose between either of them. I'll start with the guy who's probably the front runner for the National League now, rookie of the year. I know I'm cheating basically. I'm just taking rookies. I'll go Trevor Rogers of the Miami Marlins. Uh, this guy kind of came out of nowhere, uh, outdueled Jacob DeGrom early in the year, really got, uh, me on his radar seven and four this year with just over a two ERA 2.08. He's got over a hundred strikeouts and about 85 innings pitch. He's been a bright spot for a Marlins team that I don't want to say is disappointing because like, I mean, everybody like, I wouldn't say people expected much, but after they kind of snuck into the playoffs, people were like, all right, maybe the Marlins can make some noise because they're kind of underrated. But, uh, I mean, Make no mistake, it's not Trevor Rogers' fault. The guy takes the ball every fifth day, and he's been dealing. But another guy who I don't—I honestly don't know if we've mentioned this guy on the podcast yet, which is honestly a shame because Kevin Gosman of the San Francisco Giants has been unbelievable. He's eight and one on the year with a one point four nine ERA. Uh, a guy who accepted the qualifying offer after having a pretty good twenty twenty, but people were a little skeptical of if it was just the shortened season. And he's proven that it's not going to be a fluke. He's going to get a lot of money in the offseason. Never really put it together when he was with Baltimore. Uh, he got traded to the Braves. Had like a good run with the Braves for a little bit. And then didn't pitch well with him the year after. Uh, but he's really found something in San Francisco. For a San Francisco team that has definitely overachieved so far in the first half. And you probably could say like, I don't, I, I guess like the winners of the first half because of how well they've played in, re- in relation to what they should have been. But definitely led, if you ask me, by Kevin Gaussman. If it wasn't for Jacob DeGrom, this guy would definitely be talked about as the uh, as the Cy Young of the National League. But Gaussman's been uh, unbelievable. We got we got anybody else in the National League who we think is deserving? Yeah, I'll go with uh, another another bad team. I like picking the bad teams here, but I'll go with Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's having a really good year. Actually, a bounce back year because his first year, 2019, came up and he was raking. Last year had a really bad year. Tough year. I mean, he's not a bad team. And then this year, he's batting 306, 12 home runs. This guy's absolutely raking on a on a pretty bad team. And I think he deserves at least a spot on the National League All-Star team. Yeah, Brian Reynolds, switch hitter. Like you said, the Pirates, not a lot of bright spots. He's definitely been one of them. But uh, we'll leave it off with Corey. Core. I know me and Brock also want to give our uh, – one from our like person, like the Mets and the Yankees. But uh, before that, core, I know you got a National League guy over there. What, what are we looking at? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned him uh, earlier, earlier in the show. I mean, at the shortstop position, I know Fernando Tatis steals the show at shortstop, but as a result, 
a reserve position. The guy's never made an All-Star game, but like you said, he's very underrated. I think Trey Turner, I think he, uh, he, he he's going to get in the All-Star game as a reserve at shortstop. Guy's hitting 315, 11 home runs. Guy could steal bases. I just think, yeah, he's uh, he's been doing it all this year. So, yeah, and that's a guy who should uh, get his first All-Star appearance in Colorado this year. Yeah, listen, Trey Turner definitely goes under the radar at shortstop because you have all these flashy guys. Like, you have the uh, – in the NL, you have the story. You have, obviously, Tatis. You have Javi Baez. Corey Seager, Corey Seager even gets more recognition probably, I, I think you could say, than Trey Turner. Lindor even, too, in the same division. But, yeah, Trey Turner is a phenomenal ball player, man. Uh, definitely has flown under the radar. One of the most – probably will be one of the most successful player-to-be-named-laters of a trade. I know it was only because like he wasn't officially signed for a year, so he couldn't really be traded yet. But he technically was a player to be named later in the uh, – what it was like Will Myers went to uh, San Diego from the race, Steven Souza. I mean, the Nationals absolutely stole that trade. They gave up like Steven Souza, and they got Joe Ross in that trade, and they also got um, Trey Turner. So hats off to Mike Rizzo and uh, making a good move in uh, Washington. Definitely Trey Turner, uh, star for – a couple years now, it seems like I'm maybe a little, maybe stars will uh, overselling a little bit, but I definitely think he's a star. And like you said, he steals so many bases too, and he's starting to hit for a lot of power now. But another two two more guys that me and Brock have uh, from our teams. I know the Yankees, obviously, uh, they're starting to come around a little bit. I'd love to say Gary Sanchez because he's been tearing the cover off the ball, but I think it's a little too late for Gary. I would love to see him sneak in as the backup catcher. I think he honestly can. Uh, I don't necessarily know if his numbers scream out all-star at you, but Salvador Perez will probably take the starting catching role. He's had a great year. But I think Sanchez could compete for that uh, backup catch role. But I'll go with a different guy. I'll go with Jonathan Loisega, who's been the Yankees' probably most trusted bullpen arm, maybe outside of Chapman. But, I mean, the guy's 7-3. His ERA is a little deceiving. It's a 2.50. But if you take away his two relief outings against the Royals and the one earlier in the season against the Nationals, where he pitched like one one in the third innings. He gave up like eight runs combined in those two outings. He's given up like two earned runs in 38 innings pitched. He's been phenomenal for the Yankees. His two-seamer is absolutely disgusting. His changeup is nasty. Uh, I think maybe his last, his most recent outing against Kansas City, uh, he did give up the four runs, which could, honestly, it probably will set him out of the All-Star game. But because before that, I mean, he had like a 1.5 ERA. But uh uh, definitely a guy who I at least wanted to give some consideration, should deserve consideration for the All-Star game because he's been a big arm for them out of the pen. Brox, what about your Mets? Who's, who's been throwing the ball pretty well? or Probably throwing the ball pretty well because I think I got a good idea who you're going with. Yeah, no. Um, considering most of the Mets have been injured this year, so I can't really go with the hitter. I'm going to go with a, a starter who was signed the second day of spring training. Um, I'm going to go with Taiwan Walker, who – I mean, after the last start, kind of hurt his ERA a little bit, but he should still get him. Who has a who's six and three with a two point four ERA. Um, he's been one of the bright spots of the Mets this year, man. This guy's been chucking all year. Um, he's been such a reliable starter. Um, I think he really deserves a spot in the team. I mean, obviously, I think his uh, his teammate Degrom should start the game, but he's been a, a like a real good surprise, honestly. I was not expecting much from him, um, but he's been outstanding for the Mets this year. He's probably one of the big reasons they're still in first place right now. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, with no Syndergaard, no Carrasco, Taiwan Walker has definitely stepped up big time. 
I know Corey was Corey was even mentioned a little bit too. He said he said that he was overperforming a little bit. I think yeah, I think he kind of, he might have found something with the Mets. Hopefully, uh, they could um obviously get healthy and then he could be a real weapon in the playoffs too. I mean behind uh, Degrom, uh, Stroman, and I mean if honestly I think you probably st- slot Walker in at the three spot in the uh, third game of a series, even if Carrasco and uh, Syndergaard come back uh, mm-hmm. because of how good he's been so far. Hopefully he can keep it up uh, as the second half progresses. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, first, Corey, I appreciate you coming on. A little bit of short notice, but uh, you were killing it, kid. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, you and Brock Let me on the show. Always good to talk baseball once in a while, and uh, hopefully I'll be back sometime. But if not, catch me on the next Gridiron Deep Ball episode but yeah thanks for thanks for having me on the, the show yeah like you kind of hinted at a gridiron episode coming soon but uh you're gonna have to stay tuned for that uh for me and brocks i believe next episode we'll probably hop on we'll probably hop on it next week at some point we'll give you our ne- next when the all-star game uh guys are announced we'll probably react to that see who was deserving see who really got snubbed and uh before the all-star game too we'll probably give you guys like a little home run derby preview obviously we'll give you an all-star game preview too what we think is going to win the game but i think more important of who's going to win the home run derby. And uh, maybe we'll do something about like our favorite home run derby performances, something like that. Uh, something that could be a little nostalgic or something, but uh, Brock, you want to leave off with anything? Let's go Islanders. Huge game. Uh, Brock's obviously huge Islander fan. If you know the guy, me and core, we could, uh, we could sit back and we could pass, but you know what? For game seven, I could, I could root for the boys on the Island. Uh, uh, and yeah, take care everybody. Have a good one.